Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Steph Sanchez. Steph, thank you for letting me pinch hit for Jason Aponte today. Eh, you know, we'll we'll take what we can get. I'm just kidding, Rob. It's uh, wow. great, <laughs> great, great that you can uh, cover for us whenever Jay can. You know. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop Wait, was that worse? <laughs> everything. Stop everything. The 49ers pull off one of the most historic comebacks we've ever seen in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. I've barely spoken to you. I was very kind. I watched your instant reaction show. I was complimenting you. And 30 seconds into this show, you billy clubbed me right in the back of the head. Just like the lines of the 49ers. But you have you have a chance to turn it around by the time the show's done. I haven't done it in long. <laughs> You know, I just love messing with you, Rob. Yeah, well, mission accomplished. Uh, We're going to get into just a fantastic game, uh, the celebration, all of it, because it was just it's an incredible time right now to be a 49er fan. And, And I know we have a Super Bowl to preview, but we need to appreciate this right now because this is incredible and amazing. And we are going to do all of that. Where do you want to begin, Steph? I don't know where to start. Here, okay, let's start here because, Rob, I instantly thought of you at one point in the game when we saw that Dan Campbell's aggressiveness in, you know, the the fourth downs, he went for it. As we figured he would, they kind of backfired on him in this game. The reason that I thought of you is because when you joined my show uh, last Thursday, I mean, I think, you know, even in times we were talking about it before, we kind of wondered about how that dynamic of super aggressive versus like conservative Kyle would kind of work in a game like this. And so I kind of want to know your thoughts on on both sides, because we saw a little bit of conservative Kyle in this game as well. So I thought that Kyle, you know, I dinged him for it during the week because they asked him about, you know, the, the contrast and styles. And what he said was, Yes, it's an opportunity for the offense when they go for it on fourth down, but it's also an opportunity for us on defense when they go for it on fourth down. And I said, you know, Kyle is still coaching in his fears and all of that stuff. And it was exactly what played out on that fourth and two. The the Lions are up by 14 points. They can kick a field goal and potentially go back up by three scores. And when they said they were going for it, I looked at my son who was watching the game with me and I said, this is it. I said, 
The door is open right now. If the 49ers are going to come back, they have to get a stop here. And of course they did because the pass was dropped. And, and the thing that I feel like people are not focusing on this week, because it's all about Dan Campbell and analytics and analytics are dumb and blah, blah, blah. Yes. The lions opened the door, but the 49ers still had to go through it, right? That fourth down didn't give the 49ers any points. They still had to go down the field and score and do all that other stuff. So the Lions opened the door, but let's give the Niners some credit for actually taking advantage of the opportunities that were there. Yeah, definitely. And and that's why I was curious, right? And I texted you immediately. I was like, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan smiles. (laughs) I was like, he's, you know, in his head, he he definitely had to think this is exactly how I thought it would go. Um, So I think... You, you talk about the trust factor as far as, you know, Dan Campbell trusting his offense to convert. I think Kyle trusts, trusts his defense to, to hold down the fort on those fourth downs. And one out of three or two out of three times they did. So, yeah, I, I just was curious by your thoughts. You know, it was interesting. I, I don't feel like we, we learned about which is most correct. Like, <laughs> over aggressive or being conservative because it didn't work for Kyle either. Uh, you know, the, the early in the game and it, it was early in the game. So maybe that did play into it going for the field goal that Jake Moody, you know, ultimately ended up missing. Um, so I, I think you just got to pick your spots when you are aggressive versus when you're conservative. I have no problem with Dan Campbell deciding to be aggressive in those moments. He really wanted to put the dagger on the, on the 49ers. That's the one thing I feel like the Lions were not able to do. Like they were searching for that dagger all game and mm-hmm. especially in the first half. Like they were really going for it and it just was not working out for them. Why do you think that is? Like do you feel like in just certain moments like the defense just stepped up? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to make of this 49ers defense. I just interviewed Ross Tucker. It's going to go up on the YouTube channel soon. And I asked Ross, like, is this a good defense? Like, I don't know what to make of them. And he pointed out how, like, they have been shoved around. You know, the Packers shoved them around. The Lions offensive line dominated. You know, Detroit ran for more than five yards before contact in the first half. Like, that is incredible because the, this the 49er defense is supposed to be built along the defensive line so that that doesn't happen. So that they can control the game with four down linemen and leave everybody else in coverage. And it just hasn't happened. And I, it's going to be another test in the Super Bowl staff because stopping Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is a huge, huge deal for the 49ers. And we haven't seen them, at least in the first half of games, we haven't seen them been able to do that. You know, earlier in the year, we talked about how, you know, this team was more offense heavy like in the past it's been all defense and now we're all like maybe maybe they're balanced now like (laughs) this we trust this offense now and we do we do trust the offense but I I don't think I was expecting the defense to fall off this far especially not during the season because they had stretches in the regular season where I thought they were pretty good and statistically you know they were top five in some areas and the run defense in particular has fallen off a cliff in, I don't, I don't even know when it really started and when you can point at it, I guess when Eric Armstead, uh, you know, was, was out with his injury, but he's mm-hmm. since been back for the past two games and it still has been an issue for the 49ers. So I think Clinton Farrell plays into that too. You know, miss the, I think the 49ers are missing him. I think they're missing Hufunga. So all these things all together, I think have contributed 
but it looked better in the second half, didn't it? Like, do you, what a lot of people are wondering, did the Lions stop running the football or did the 49ers force them to stop running the football? Did 49ers make adjustments on defense that had them abandon it late in the game? Because in the first half, they allowed 148 rushing yards in the second half, just 34. Mm-hmm. The Lions only ran it eight times in the second half of the game. So I think the answer to your question is yes, the Lions stopped running it. And when they did run it, the Niners clamped down. I mean, starting with the fumble, incredible play by Tashawn Gibson. Fantastic. Like that was such an incredible thing. That was, I put a picture on my Instagram where I'm on the ground with a giant smile on my face. That was literally <laughs> the play that caused it. He fumbled the ball. The Niners get it back. I fell to the ground. And I just looked at my wife and I said, is this really happening? They were down 17 points. My son is crying on my shoulder. And I said, look, here's the good news. If the Niners are going to come back, it's going to be one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. And it is tied for the biggest comeback in the NFC championship game in the history of that game. Tied with the 49ers. By the way. <laughs> well, um, and, and the run defense did stiffen when they needed it to. And I think that's why the Lions only scored seven points in the second half of that game, because the Niners slowed down their bread and butter. They made Jared Goff have to throw it. And to his credit, a lot of the times he put the ball where it needed to be and Detroit didn't catch it. But like on the key plays, like that fourth and two, Bosa gets pressure off the edge and you could see he just makes Goff uncomfortable. And when yeah. Goff is not comfortable, he's a much, much different quarterback. I mean, you you probably saw the numbers as I did of Jared Goff under pressure in that game. It wasn't pretty. Um, yeah, and one of the things that people were mentioning in that first half was like, man, Steve Wilkes has to be gone <laughs> after this season. Huh. Like, I don't know how you can go on with this, all this stuff, right? And maybe some of it was an overreaction in the moment. Maybe some of it is warranted uh, and has some merit. When you look at the adjustments that were made at halftime, like, do you have your feelings on Steve Wilkes changed at all? Because I, like you said, Rob, I have a hard time figuring out who this defense even is. Like, who are they? What's their identity? They've kind of lost it, but they seem to find it in big moments. That is big. Like I do have to acknowledge that. And obviously there are some adjustments that are made, but why can't you go into a game <laughs> and it, just play a good game all four quarters, kind of expect what's what the opposing team is going to do from the very start. So you don't have to make drastic adjustments after halftime. Steve Wilkes told NBC Sports Bay Area, he said, quote, the D-line took control. We started playing a little bit more man-to-man -man uh, in pass coverage, which allowed our linebackers to get downhill. Like Steve. I feel like every time they've gotten in trouble this year, it's because they're playing zone coverage and the pass rush doesn't get there and they're playing zone coverage or, or the zone coverage doesn't allow the pass rush time to get there and quarterbacks are picking them apart. Like how many times do we need to make that mistake before we correct it? Like Steve, start the game by doing the stuff that you came out of the locker room doing. So it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know why they seem to have these ebbs and flows and, and the thing I worry about is, like, you can't get down 17 points to Patrick Mahomes because he ain't going to yeah. screw it up. So, you know, on on my show on Thursday, when, when you were on there, we talked about that 17-point uh, comeback the 49ers made in the 2012 NFC Championship game against Atlanta Falcons, just by coincidence, right? We, we talked mm -hmm. about that one. Um, 
what I thought was interesting is that the Falcons the week prior had, I think, come back from like a, a comeback or something like that. Mm-hmm. All that to say, when you're in this mode of thinking you can come back from games, you don't want it to become a habit. Right. And the 49ers have now gone two games in a row where they've come back from behind each time larger deficit, right? I just I'm I'm worried that that can spill into the Super Bowl. Now there's a two week gap between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, so that can help you know dust off any of those habits. Hopefully, you would think. But I you know in the back of my mind, I'm just like, yeah, you you can't have those same mistakes against the Chiefs. I have learned that the 49ers' margin of error is quite large. <laughs> I think uh, I think we know that much in these past two weeks. But you can't toy around with that margin in a Super Bowl because the team that's lining up uh, alongside you or or on the other side of you also has a large margin of victory, and that's the reason they're here as well. So, yeah, uh, I will say this. I don't want to get too deep into the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl, 49ers Super Bowl quite yet, Mm -hmm. but zone defense, not going to work against Travis Kelsey. I'll just say that. Did you if you're doing the soft zone stuff? So I don't know if anything is going to work against Travis Kelsey. Did you see that <laughs> what I tweeted out a Fair. little while ago? No. So I tweeted out the route tree, the routes that Kelsey ran against the Ravens. If you're watching on the stream right now, you can see it. What routes are those, Steph? Those are not pass routes. <laughs> He's just running around out there. Like it's just a wow. bunch of Look at that loop de loop. Right. It's like, no wonder nobody could stop this guy. You, like if you're Steve Wilkes, you're like, all right, Fred. Um, well, we could do a zone here because he's probably going to run a curl or a post or no. It's just Travis Kelsey, like literally having a seizure out there and wherever he happens to flop around, that's where he gets open and, and completes the pass. It's unbelievable what he does out there. So it's going to be incredibly difficult to stop 87. Yeah, usually like the the defense will kind of move around where the offensive players go, especially if you're playing zone. It's like Kelsey's like the opposite. He's very good at going wherever the defense. You would think like that, you know, any player can do that, but he's so good at finding the soft spots in any zone. And yeah, maybe you're right. Like maybe he's not even running routes. Maybe it's just, <laughs> maybe it's like, you know, just find the soft spot. I will find you kind of thing. Um, And that's what makes their chemistry so dangerous as well. Um, But yeah, uh, uh, enough with that. I mean, we got, we got the next two weeks to talk about that Super Bowl matchup. Um, But yeah, I mean, the 49ers, how about, how about that ladybug? (laughs) They pack (laughs) up that bug and bring it to Vegas. Put it in a jar, please with, with holes in it. I think they need holes to breathe. Right. Um, and and bring it to Vegas. Did you see they found the ladybug after the game as well? Assuming it was the same one. Well, I mean, how do they know it's the same one? I mean, what? I mean, it's a it's a very big stadium, and you're a very tiny bug. Like, how far could you go, really? So the, the ladybug lands on Brandon Ayuk's shoe before the game. Yeah. He makes the, one of the plays of the entire season, which I don't think he's getting enough credit for. By the way, he kept his feet. When the ball was tipped by the Lions defender, he didn't dive. So he kept his feet and was able to keep running to catch the tip. I thought that was a very underrated part of the play. Um, so the ladybug lands on a shoe. Now you're telling me they found the ladybug? 
they saw yeah they saw ladybug after the game one of the cheerleaders found it it was it was there rob i i have to imagine it was the same one or like do ladybugs just run rampant in in the south bay at this time of the year i don't know if so you know maybe it was a different one but ladybugs regardless are you know seen as good luck especially if they land on you so yeah pack one up and and take it with you i love this comment from jj00 travis kelsey routes Bullshit left, deep f- around, nonsense comebacker. Oh that God. is the comment of the day, JJ00. And I don't care that I have to hit the bleep button because it was worth it. <laughs> that is outstanding. That's why we love the Twitch fam here on the show. Um, I saw a good comment from Aaron Rodriguez who says, Hey, Rob, we got to the Super Bowl by playing three good quarters. Imagine if we play a whole good game. Steph, I think people might have forgotten or may not have known the 49ers scored more points on their opening drive this year than anybody in the history of the NFL. Yet, at least for the last two weeks, I felt like, especially offensively, it has really taken them a long time to get going. Why do you think that is? I mean, it could be a combination of teams adjusting or sorry, not adjusting, but having a good game plan for what the 49ers like to do in those opening drives right out the gate. Second could be maybe Kyle Shanahan is slow playing the game a little bit more than he was in the past for good or for worse. Um, I mean, because you want to see how a defense is going to react to what you're doing on offense. I mean, we know that Kyle Shanahan sets up plays early in the game to just see what they're doing. Uh, So maybe he's taking that approach more so than wanting to like score. I'm not to say that he doesn't want to score, but, Maybe it, it's more so for just, you know, gathering information uh, for Kyle, and then he can he can take that later in the game. But because they do end up, you know, scoring points and getting some good drives later uh, in games, so I don't know. <laughs> well, they're going up against Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, who's one of the best big game coordinators out there. I mean, they dismantled the Ravens offense. Everybody remembers Spagnuolo was the Giants defensive coordinator. Both times, I believe, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, including the undefeated team. Remember, that was the whole Tom Brady. Ha ha, we're only going to score 17 points. Well, you didn't get there. So that's Steve Spagnuolo. So he's going to have a game plan. He's going to be ready. And you mentioned Kyle Shanahan, Steph. I don't know if you noticed. At one point, I think it was in the second quarter, Fox had a shot of him. And to me, he looked shook. He looked like... I can't believe what is going on right now. He had a look on his face and in his eye, like, like just, he was stunned. Like he had no answers for what was going on out there. And I saw that and I was like, Oh my God, maybe he's just like, maybe the pressure is getting to him and and he's just going to fold. And now he absolutely didn't. But in that moment, I was terrified. I mean, could you blame the man though? It was mostly like what the times I noticed it, the team was on defense and they would pan over to him and he'd be like, what the hell is happening? Kind of look, we were all thinking the same thing watching this game. I mean, he probably couldn't believe his defense was getting stifled in yeah. in the first half of this game. But, like, that kind of goes back to the conversations that people were having when the defense looked like that. Like, what was going through Kyle's mind? Was he thinking, oh, God, like, we got to get rid of this guy because this isn't going to cut it for us kind of thing? Talking about Steve Wilkes now. Right. Um, you know, like, I – those things run through your head. I know Kyle's like, we don't think about that or, you know, because he was even asked after the game, like, have you thought about 
bringing in a defensive consultant and he's like not thinking about that right um i mean i don't know i i think <laughs> some of those thoughts do have to cross your mind especially in in moments like that like oh god what do we do what's going on um but it seems like at halftime there were some things said maybe not a whole lot i know nick said like there wasn't a, a lot of talking but mm -hmm. we can't go out like this it, it kind of just seemed like everyone had that same thought i mean i'm just saying like bill belichick is doing nothing right now he's got no interviews left he's not coaching a team if Kyle and him have a relationship uh, because they actually formed a relationship after Belichick beat him in the Super Bowl, the 28 to three game, they actually connected. And that's part of the reason the Niners uh, got Jimmy Garoppolo. But like, if you're Kyle, don't you call him up a little, like, even if it's just, Hey, this is what we're thinking. What do you think of it? You know, like I, I would, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Right. Uh, so I absolutely would if I was Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, why not? You you don't have anything to lose. Uh, some people were wondering, like, is that too? Is that not enough time to get brought up to speed on the team, on the personnel? You know, two weeks. Um, but you you can just see what he comes up with and see if you like it, see if it would work for the personnel and all that. It definitely would not hurt, especially with the way that we've seen this 49ers defense start, especially with, you know, Bill Belichick having some experience uh, with this Andy Reid offense. Uh, you know, there, there could probably be some things that he can teach you. At the very least, like even if he's not diving into what the 49ers do in their personnel and how the 49ers specifically could attack that he can look at what the chiefs do because he's seen it before. What are the tendencies here? Put it all out for Steve Wilkes. This is how you stop this. This is how you stop that. Okay. Now take, take this, make of it what you will, right? Like right. do with it what you want it. They can do that. I mean, it's not against the rules. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, God, the, the Patriots used to do that all the time. Every time Josh McDaniels got fired, they hire him back for the playoffs. Um, and again, like you said, it's not like you have to let Belichick make the game plan. It's just information. It's just another yeah. piece of the puzzle. Maybe he tells you one thing that you happen to remember in one key spot that helps you in one key play. Like you never know. And it costs you nothing. Um, Kyle said that the game plan is going to be installed this week. They're going to take two days off and then they're going to practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that's when the game plan is going to be installed before they leave for Vegas, before there's, you know, distractions and then all that stuff. The game plan will be installed this week and then they'll review it and refresh it, maybe tweak some things next week. And in case you're second guessing that, by the way, Andy Reid's doing the same thing. And Andy Reid's been in a million Super Bowls now at this point. So clearly that's the best way to go. No, I mean, I definitely like that approach. I mean, it's never, you can never prepare too much, I think, for for a game like this. I mean, you have to have all hands on deck. So preparing early as if you were facing them this weekend, this upcoming weekend, not a bad idea. I mean, you do it every other time in the week, so why not this one? And then if you need to make other adjustments next week because you've learned some new information, you saw some more things, you dived into more tape, I don't know then you can make those adjustments and add those wrinkles then. But it get, gets the team thinking about it as well. You know, they already have a plan to feel excited about going into next week. You're focused. You're ready to go. Um, Rob, did you hear that the 49ers are going to be staying about 30 minutes outside of the strip um, for this game? And they're going to be practicing at UNLV. I actually didn't hear that. I'm hearing that the weather is going to be 50 degrees and rainy. No They're way. That's the, a dome, right? 
Yeah. So I don't know, but they're playing the Super Bowl in the desert and it's raining. Look, I'm <laughs> I'm going to Vegas. I'm so yeah. pumped about this. We got this word yesterday. It? Our credential was approved finally by the NFL, so we will be in Vegas all week long. I wanted 70 and sunny, Steph, not 50 and rainy. Like what the hell? That's not what we signed up for, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. On Sunday, it's supposed to be rainy, but it looks like we're good for the days before that. At least it's not going to be like 100 degrees. I mean, I would take 100. (laughs) Oh, you say that now, Rob. (laughs) It's dry heat right now. Um, King, YouTube channel member, says, can we talk about the missed block from Christian McCaffrey? Luckily, uh, Brock got away and threw it to Juice for a first down. Great throw, by the way. You know, it's funny. I, I mentioned that interview with Ross in the interview. He says, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't make a lot of highlight plays. And it's like, yes, he does. He absolutely <laughs> did on Sunday. That play he's talking about is uh, it's first. It's the first play of the drive where I want to say they go down and get a touchdown. It was right after the Lions had the most amazing punt I've ever seen in my life. They had a 74 yard punt that the Lions botched and should have been able to down inside the five yard line. They didn't. That drive began on the 20-yard line. First down, McCaffrey misses his block. Defender comes around the edge and has Brock Purdy dead to rights. And Brock shrugs it off, escapes, keeps the play alive, and not only avoids a sack, throws it to Juice, who makes a beautiful tiptoe catch on the sideline for a first down. It's so funny because players practice, like, the sideline catches, Mm -hmm. tiptoe catches all the time, and – you kind of wonder when, when is that, when are you ever going to catch a ball just like that in a game? And lo and behold, Kyle Juszczyk did it in a game exactly how it would be practiced um, on the field. So yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a moment as far as the miss block. I mean, I'll just say it happens because I, I saw Jordan Elliott, you know, earlier post a clip of CMC getting a huge block uh, later in the game that, you know, gave mm-hmm. uh, Brock some time to make a throw. It fell incomplete, but, you know, just just to show that Christian McCaffrey has been a good pass protector for Brock this season. Um, and so he'll continue to be that. I'm not worried about his pass protection. I think also Brock Purdy does a wonderful job of escaping the pocket. This, this game, I mean, there are countless examples of it kp put out a tweet earlier of or it was yesterday of all the plays that brock purdy used his legs to extend a play or to make a play and it was over a minute long (laughs) uh so i mean he was just doing it left and right in this game i i love to see it and when he's in that mode when he's in that bag i mean he's just a different brock a different Brock, and that has been the difference. And if you're watching on the stream, you could see some of the plays from Brock. The difference in the offense, that's what they didn't have in the last Super Bowl against the Chiefs. That's what they needed in that fourth quarter when they needed just one first down to bleed the clock away. They didn't have a guy that could make a play when stuff went wrong. When Chris Jones decides to take over the game, which he absolutely did in that Super Bowl, they didn't have any counter for that. And Chris Jones took it over, and the Niners lost. Well, now San Francisco does, and it's because of Brock Purdy, and he deserves all the flowers in the world for it. He has taken his game to a, a level that the 49ers have had, have not had, excuse me, a quarterback in a long, long time, Steph. And I hope that he continues to scramble. I hope that he doesn't just, you know, because he hasn't really scrambled a lot in his career. If you look, he no. almost never has more than 10 yards rushing in a game. Now, he absolutely did last week, and it was phenomenal. And I hope he keeps that in the back of his mind. Like, hey, 
This is a tool I have in my toolbox. If I don't love what I'm seeing, I don't need to force it. Just get out, pick up a few yards, get down, protect myself, and we'll play the next play. I think he's smart about it too because I think he kind of knows when he probably shouldn't versus, you know, when he should. As, you know, the broadcasters pointed out, the Lions were giving up tons of space in the middle. So he had room to run. Mm -hmm. If the Chiefs try to do the same thing for whatever reason, I mean, Brock's going to take that room and he's going to pick up a first down. All of Brock Purdy's scrambles on Sunday went for a first down. I mean, that's that's just so valuable, like, it, especially – and it, it's, it's killing for the defense because it means you're doing everything right in the secondary, mm -hmm. everything you could do. Maybe even the pass rush is, you know, starting to collapse the pocket a little bit. You're doing everything. And the guy still is able to pick up a first down. So you could do everything right, and there could still be a big play to come out of it. Those are – backbreakers for the defense and there's really not much they can do about it so that's the the value of it for me and I do hope that he continues on with it I think he will because I think you know seeing how how big it was in those moments I, I don't think he's going to hesitate in the Super Bowl do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of Patrick Mahomes scrambling that's what it reminds me of. It was a back. He's a backbreaker when he scrambles. If they need six, Mahomes gets seven. If they need 11, Mahomes gets 12. That That's what makes him so frustrating and so dangerous. And I think that in this game, that's exactly what Brock Purdy was. He, he found a way to get just what they needed. And in some cases, a lot more. Hell, I think on the first scramble, the 21-yard run, if he doesn't bump into Debo, he's going to score a touchdown there, which, by the way, that's I don't know. what Debo said, right? <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch um, the JT O'Sullivan Brock Purdy championship game breakdown? I haven't yet. So he points out a lot in that breakdown. Everybody should go watch it. Um, Debo, like, I don't know if it was because of the shoulder or what, but he stops blocking and starts watching the play a couple of different times in this game. It's like, dude, just block. You'll see the play on the replay after it's over. Like, what are you doing? And I think on that Brock Purdy play, if he if he kind of pancaked his guy or finished the block, I think Brock might have scored. Uh, Debo is often one of the guys that JT does pick on in yes. his breakdowns. So um, he just notices him on, uh, you know, those effort or low effort maybe plays. So it, it could have been that. It could have been the shoulder. Not sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Hopefully in the Super Bowl, there's some some better blocking. Uh, I mean, th this team blocks really well all around. But, you know, especially when your quarterback is scrambling, you got to turn around and say, hey, all right, time to lock in again on this play. So hopefully they keep an eye out for that. I do appreciate guys who when Brock is scrambling uh, or escaping the pocket, I should say, they're looking for space to get open. There was that one play. It was the Kyle use check when uh, Brock escaped the pocket. And at one point, Brandon Ayuk and Kyle use were kind of running the same direction. And then they're like, Oh, Oh no, we got to go different directions. Like we gotta, we gotta help our guy out here. And so mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk went the other way. I uh, juice went one juice, got the ball. Uh, so that's how you create space. Uh, it, situational awareness is is important in football especially when your quarterback has escaped the pocket you got to know you know where to find your guy juan jennings juan jennings 
one-handed catch. Can we talk about that for a second? Because that Absolutely. was huge. That was huge. He has made some big plays in these playoffs, man. They, you know, it's not it's quality over quantity, but my God, he's been fantastic. And they ended up getting a field goal on that drive, which he's continued lucky. because they converted on, I think it was third and four. Yeah, he's he is clutch, man. And that was a that was a crazy throw from Brock because it was uh, you Ooh. know to the middle of the field. He was already is kind of across his body, um, but yeah, that was a hell of a grab from Juwan Jennings. I mean, th- those are grabs that a wide receiver one on a team makes right in in a big moment. Um, I I like to see Juwan Jennings getting his flowers. I feel like in a lot of nationally televised games and these playoff games he's he's really made a stamp on it um good for him because you know at some point he's probably gonna leave this team uh and i mean he's he's played for whatever he's gonna get i have said in the past that he is like kendrick Bourne, and i am wrong joan jennings is better Hey, like kendrick Bourne is not making those type of plays joan jennings did joan jennings blocks people into gatorade I was wrong, Juan. That's my bad. I didn't give you enough of. I wasn't familiar with your game. I apologize, as the kids say. Uh, so shout out to him. I think you're absolutely right. And I want to give love to Brandon Ayuk, and I've been doing this. In these playoffs, Steph, Brandon Ayuk has six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Every single catch has gone for either a first down or a touchdown. And they have been high leverage, high difficulty plays. Obviously, the deep bomb we know about. The touchdown was a great route that he ran catches that obviously that was a huge play in the game but even against green bay he had plays on third down one was behind he's running full speed the ball's behind him he has to reach backwards catch it and pick up the first down then he made the sliding catch also on a perfectly thrown ball by brock purdy like brandon Ayuk has not caught a ton of passes but every single catch he's had pretty much has been deeply impactful yeah, Brandon Ayuk is playing for the bag this season. And like you said, it's not a ton of catches, right, it, through these playoffs. And mm-hmm. I definitely was expecting a bigger game as far as, like, receptions uh, go against the Lions. But, hey, I mean, he he had big plays. You can't really ask for anything more out of a wide receiver one. And, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, that's luck. Well, that takes a lot of focus. As It's not like the ball just landed in his hands perfectly. I mean, he still had to track that ball within milliseconds of, of it getting, bouncing off the face mask of the defender. And you got to be able to, you know, have that hand-eye coordination. Uh, that's very difficult to do as you're, you know, pretty much kind of falling forward a little bit. So, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, I mean – is showing why he's the guy. He's the guy for this team. And I love the chemistry that he has with uh, Brock Purdy. You hear about the way that Brandon Ayuk speaks about Brock Purdy as well. Like they have a really good connection and it's really blossomed this year. And you got to love it because in big moments, those two really come through. Um, and, and Brandon Ayuk has been awesome for this team. It's So, so refreshing to see a guy that can do all the things that he can do. He can catch passes deep. He can catch passes outside the numbers, along the sideline, over the middle. He's absolutely earning his money. And there was a report before the game that uh, his contract is a priority this offseason for the 49ers. I don't know how they're going to do it, but if you can find a way to do it, get it done, man, because he has elevated to a whole new level this year. And it's been absolutely fantastic. 
Uh, one more comment I want to get to, but we got over 200 people watching, which is awesome because it's super early on the West Coast. Just want to remind everybody, smash that like button so people can find us and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel and the 49 Carats YouTube channel uh, at Steph49K. You will be a better and smarter fan. Steph, last thing. And I'll look, I'm going to be talking about this all week because I'll be in Vegas next week. Looking forward to it. Joey says, have we talked about how the 49ers are wearing white again in the Super Bowl? I haven't seen that officially, but I'm assuming that that's what it's going to be. Oh, I didn't mean to lose that comment. The Chiefs uh, get to pick because they're the yeah. home team. Is mm-hmm. it official that the Niners are wearing white? Um, I didn't see that as official, but I believe that's what they wore for the last Super Bowl. And if the Chiefs were the home team for that Super Bowl as well, I would assume they, you know, elect to pick their um, home red so that would leave the 49ers with the whites again um i'm not a huge fan of you know the the white jerseys as much but i mean it's just a jersey <laughs> you're the niners do you go with the 94 jersey if you could i would do it because i don't want the same jersey from the first super bowl i want a different outcome right so can you wear the same jersey i don't know as a fan i'm going to switch up my gear that i'm wearing because i ain't going to be wearing I had the Kittle jersey on for the Super Bowl. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to wear the Kittle. It's that Kittle jersey, actually. It's in my background. That's going to stay on the wall. I am not actually going to do that. And then also, I just saw this, uh, Steph. Apparently, the NFL has reached a deal with Christian Juszczyk, a clothing deal. Wow. Which I can't, now I can't find tweet, unfortunately. But obviously, she was getting a ton of love because she made a lot of the fits for Taylor Swift and uh, Taylor Decker, I think she made one for him or not Taylor Decker, Taylor, uh, I don't know, some actor, Taylor, somebody, but anyway, that's good news for her. So, uh, good news abounds for the 49ers right now. That's really awesome. I, I had seen that she was working on a deal with them, but that's really cool because then she'll be able to scale those designs and they're really cool. Everyone wants a piece of those designs. So, um, yeah, it brings a lot of creativity to the NFL as far as what could be done with you know female uh, NFL apparel so she's she's taking it to another level yeah Sportico says the NFL reached a licensing deal with Christian Youssef design Taylor Swift so cool. there you go so everything look the Youssef coming up clutch in the playoffs right what can we say let's go that is going to do it for this edition of the show because Steph you are at the senior bowl right now that's why you're not in your normal spot uh, you are about to go check out practice. Tell us what you got going on with the Senior Bowl this week. Yeah, so the first practice is underway right now, but there's a second practice after that. I'll probably be able to watch the entirety of that one. But, Rob, this this podcast just meant so much to me. I had to be on here with you uh, to get this one. I mean, the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. How could I not be on the show today to talk about it? So, But, yeah, I, I am going to be talking about – the Super Bowl, as well as some Senior Bowl uh, topics throughout the week. So make sure you guys keep it locked on my channel, Steph49K, um, and I'll keep you guys posted. Everyone wants to know about offensive line players. Well, good news. It is an offensive line heavy draft. So, yes, I will be taking a look at offensive line. And if there's anything else you guys want me to be on the lookout for, let me know. Absolutely. And God knows it's nice to have some draft picks in the first round this year. So we've got a reason to be interested. That's going to be awesome. Steph, you always kill it when you are covering events live. So yes, like and subscribe to both channels. I promise you, you will be a smarter fan. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Peace.